I'm afraid to believe. When we talk about the Great Reset, about what I'm proposing in my Build Back Better agenda. A new world order. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. The new Flat Earth International Conference. How dare you? When my mind, uh, my, when uh, Michelle's mad, uh, I get worried. We like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind. Because you'd be in jail. Breathing or, or, or speaking moistly on them. The woke church is a joke church. And so, in my state of the, my state of the union, or state, my speech to the nation. War. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Big Mike Show podcast. We got a real good one for you today. Like a radio oh man, this is <laughs> the Big this... Mike Show. Yeah, starring Steve, Dave, and Becky. Hey, and this Hola. week we're gonna talk. We're gonna tell you the story of how a Doctor, tale. a, a Doctor against Doctor, ooh, an evil, sordid tale. Yes. Of how Dr. Anthony Frouchy, Frouchy, uh, head of the National Institute uh, for Health, the NIH, and the NIAID, which is the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. He's had this job since November 3rd, 1984. He's been there forever. We're going to. What was his salary? 400 and some thousand dollars a year? That's no, nothing, though, compared to what he actually. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying government government salary or whatever. A guy in that position should get paid that. I think that's a big job. He should probably make more than that, if you ask me. Um, I think there shouldn't be anybody in that position. Is there like commission for every person you kill? <laughs> well, this is the story. So the story. we're going to tell you how, and we're going to go through it. Some of this information, it's all undoubtedly true, but some of the... Uh, conjecture we're going to offer you know you have to make up your own mind some people would say that dr anthony fauci the aids czar and yes this is the story about azt now we're going to go into the history of how azt was approved all right we're going to start there we could we could actually check snopes on that <laughs> we did actually yeah. it's like the third thing that comes up on the it's, internet it's when you like... search it it's snubs. like, yeah, I'm going to listen to the, the freaking porn star and her cat. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for those of you people that haven't clued in yet, all of these fact check companies, they all, none of them are independent. They work for and are sponsored by various different organizations. Some of them pharmaceutical, some of them uh, governmental. If you are on, well, Facebook or Instagram or Anywhere this week, you'd see that Mark Zuckerberg came out stating that the fact checks that show up on Facebook and Instagram are, in fact, opinion pieces. Yeah, he said that yeah. in front of the Senate, didn't he? It's just opinion. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks. So it's one opinion thanks, against fact checkers. But like, another. But if mine is also an opinion, why do they get to put their opinion on my opinion? Because, because they, they paid, get paid for it. For it. <laughs> well, geez. Mm. Yeah. All right, so AZT. Well, before we start this episode, I just want to um, dedicate the show to our good friend Steve. Different Steve. Steve who? Not you. Different ones. Oh, the, the liberal Steve. How about, how about let's also dedicate it to my uncle who passed away a couple of weeks ago after getting double jabbed and then, no. and then getting uh, or having basically cancer spread throughout his entire body. Wow. Jeez everywhere gone sorry to hear that gone within within two weeks two to three weeks of diagnosis of lung cancer for a guy who never smoked and then bone cancer blood cancer and pretty much every other cancer you can think of mm -hmm. um wow. yeah gone so yeah so uh, uncle barry is uh now uh, in the spirit world <laughs> watching down We'll have to do a show on the spirit world. Oh, yeah. Soon. You guys aren't even ready for a show on the spirit world. Oh, I'm, well, I'm so ready. You're not. I totally am. Okay. Because my uh, knowledge of the spirit is probably better than you think. Hmm, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's get into AZT. Okay. So it's uh, clinical name, Zydovudine. That sounds like voodoo Vudine? right there. 
Zido Budine. Is that how you say it, or am I saying it wrong? I don't know. Zidothymidine is one name for zidothymine. Zidothymine. Zido. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and it's named AZT after its components. We'll get into its components in a little bit. Uh, its maker is Burroughs Welcome. Now, this is an old drug. It was originally manufactured um, for cancer, right? And then it was shelved because it turned out its toxicity levels were so high, uh, it was a dangerous drug to use. Um, in January of 1987, here's where the story starts. And this story involves a lot of reoccurring characters on this show. It involves Dr. Kerry Mullis, the inventor of the PCR test, who uh, died suspiciously uh, in 2019, right before the uh, global cabal could Did use his PCR test yeah, to push the pandemic. Have, um... Did he have cancer? No, he died of pneumonia. From wearing a mask? <laughs> no, there was no mask back then. It was, 19, it was, it was 2019. Um, anyway, January of 1987. How old were you, Stephen? I was uh, 87. Yeah. Oh, 87. That was a good year. I graduated high school. Wow. I was one month old. January of 1987. <laughs> I was one month old. I was uh, still playing with my skateboard in the street. Uh, That's right, I'm old. So in January of 1987, a panel of 12 doctors inside the FDA building were asked a very difficult question. AIDS was starting to run rampant. They'd been asked by the FDA to give lightning quick approval to a very toxic drug about which little was known. Um, it was developed 25 years earlier as a cancer drug. But it was shelved and forgotten because it was so toxic and expensive to produce and totally ineffective against cancer. Uh, the drug was not selective in its cell destruction. It just attacked everything. It didn't search out just cancer cells. It just destroyed all cells equally. Um, drug companies sifted through hundreds of compounds in their race to find a cure to HIV. By chance, they had sent uh, uh, Burroughs Welcome had... They had sent AZT along with many other drugs to the National Cancer Institute. This is during the AIDS crisis. Then it was then known as Compound S. In the test tube, it slayed the dragon AIDS. Now, this yeah. test was, you know, considered faulty. But at the FDA meeting, there was a lot of uncertainty and discomfort with AZT. The doctors on the panel knew that the test was flawed and that the long range effects were completely unknown. There was a immense pressure from the public on the FDA to approve AZT considering the climate of fear surrounding AIDS at the time. Um, Ellen Cooper, an FDA director at the time said uh, to approve it would represent a significant and potentially dangerous departure from our normal tox ecology requirements. In the end, only Dr. Itzabrook was the only one to vote no. Now, he had a lot of things to say about, uh, about this discussion that happened at this meeting. He was very hesitant. He was not sure about the long-term effects. He was very hesitant about the, the, the toxicity of the drug. But in the end, it was 11 to 1. They voted to approve this thing uh, with all the pressure coming from, you know, the public. Sorry to interrupt you, but why would they bring it out for AIDS or HIV if it was so toxic for cancer? Because people, drug companies were just sending hundreds of drugs to the National like, hey, Cancer. Try this, try this, try this. Yes, and they, they take AIDS, oh or sorry, God. the HIV virus. <laughs> They'd put it in a test tube and then they'd inject this drug or whatever into the tube and they'd be like, oh, look, it killed the AIDS. Hey, you want to hear something really interesting? Sure. If we're on the uh, subject of, um, you know, of a potential drug that would kill somebody. They said that the cost of the drug was about $8,000 a year. Yeah, it was the most expensive drug ever produced. Which comes out to... Wait, 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 wait. Which comes to... $666 a month. Of course it is. 
(laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear that. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't count the cost of blood transfusions and blood work you would have to get done because you were taking this drug. But I mean, the cost of that in today's dollars, they say, would be about 17000 Oh yeah. my gosh. Would yeah. this be the, yeah. uh, the but I mean, in the States or in Canada? There's no money in pharmaceuticals, in the States. though. In the States. Yeah. There's, no, there's no money in pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Or like especially. Or corruption. Or, or, <laughs> or like drugs like, um, what was that one that was? The helping? Lidomide? Well, yeah, exactly. That one? So, Is that what you're saying? Well, who, wait, who made Philidomide? Well, I was just was reading about Pfizer? it. It was a German company, but Didn't Pfizer manufacture it. Mm, yeah, it might have been Pfizer. They um, didn't do anything to hurt people. No. Trust the government, everyone. <laughs> oh my God! So one of the things Doctor Brooke was saying was um, the reason why he wasn't won over. He said, "If we approve it today, there will not be much data. There will be a promise of data." He predicted. Um, and then the production of data will be hampered and sure enough, everything came true just as he predicted. There's not enough follow-up. He, he recalled when asked later about it. Uh, many of the questions we asked the company were answered by, we have not analyzed the data yet, or we do not know. And he felt that there was some promising data, but was very worried about the price being paid for it. Uh, in the term of side effects were so very severe. It was basically chemotherapy. Patients were going to need blood transfusions, and that's pretty serious. Yeah, uh, but I mean, ever, like nowadays, people know that, <clears throat> that uh, you know, chemotherapy drugs are some of the most toxic, nasty 100%. crap that you can possibly put into a human body. 100%. Like and kill yeah. kill all your cells, not yeah, just the bad ones. Still but... get cancer or get cancer treatment by having chemo. Right, but I mean, it's like a, it's an antiquated uh, treatment that is that that probably does more harm than good mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. Right. So, um, the committee, anyway, this FDA committee, tended to agree with Doctor Brooke that they should wait a little bit more, be more cautious. Uh, but once the FDA realized they were, you know, looking at rejecting it, they applied political pressure. And the head for Center for Drugs and Biologics asked permission to speak, which isn't very usual. Usually they leave us alone, is what he said. But he said to us, look, if you approve the drug, we can assure you that we will work together with Burroughs Welcome and make sure the drug is given to the right people. It was like saying, please do it. So that's some of the pressure they were under. And in the end, they did approve it, but with the intent of giving it to terminally ill, you know, uh, AIDS patients as a last resort, right? So flash forward to August 17th of 1989, and all the newspapers across North America and indeed probably across much of the world headlined that AZT had been proven to be effective in HIV antibody positive asymptomatic and early ARC patients, even though the panel's main concern was that the drug should only be used, like I said, in a last case scenario for critically ill AIDS patients due to the drug's toxicity. Here's where Dr. Anthony Fraudshi comes in. (laughs) For fraud. she yeah. So he's he's well known as the AIDS czar, right? That's what people czar czar the oh AIDS czar because of because of this history. Like he'd been in as the NIAID and the NIH uh, director for a few years at that. You know, just a uh, you know six years or something at that time. Okay, here here's where he comes in. Fauci, who's head of the NIH and still is, as we know, was now pushing to expand the prescription of AZT. The FDA's traditional concern of toxicity and long-term effects was being ignored. And by then, it was already in 60 countries and being used by an estimated 20,000 patients. The follow-up data, as Dr. Brooke predicted, had, guess what, fallen by the wayside. Of course it did. Yeah. The benefits of the drug had proven to be temporary, but the toxicity had stayed the same. 
AZT had been approved faster than any drug in FDA history. 20, 20 months. Sound familiar? 20 months. But wait, wait. Wasn't the one, the newest one? Faster nine? than that? Nine months? Oh yes, half the time. <gasps> yes, Operation Warp Speed. Yes. Apparently. Half the time. We don't know if that's true. No, or no. Don't be silly. After the approval, <clears throat> uh, all government drug trials basically focused on AZT while over... A hundred other potentially useful drugs fell by the wayside again. Right? Oh they're they're not checking the other drugs. This one's got approval. They're Were just doing it. Doctors losing their license for prescribing helpful. Oh, probably it's probably the same story over yeah. again. Uh, Bur Burroughs welcome stock went through the roof. It's mm -hmm. uh, as you said, a price of eight thousand uh, dollars cost per patient per year. Uh, and like I said before, not counting the cost of blood work and transfusions. Uh, AZT is the most expensive drug ever marketed. Right. It, uh, except now we're... What, what, what were IPPens? Didn't they jack them up to like 900 bucks or something? In the yeah, States. Yeah, but what about the... Uh, what was well, it? that's more expensive. For diabetes. Remember Pharma Bro? He was like the heir to... Whatever his dad lost oh, it to you, him, and oh, he jacked yeah, it yeah, from yeah. like twenty eight dollars to like ten thousand dollars or something. something so he's in jail now. Something ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know much about him. He's but it's weird, person. like you know the you know a lot of a like how many how many of the drugs that they give out actually eliminate the disease or eliminate mm -hmm. it? Not it's, it's it's like it's it's like the you know the um. They usually just treat symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. They don't get rid of, they don't get rid of the illness. And I mean, like even like the new, the new um, AIDS drugs that they have now, because apparently they have 41 that can treat the disease. But it says with a good, uh, there's a good chance that with the right combination, given at the right time, the drugs can keep, can keep HIV levels low. So the person never gets sick. Like Magic Johnson. So it keeps them low, but but you have a customer for life. Yeah. Oh, no, I have to keep taking these or else, you know, well, I'll get full-blown AIDS and undead. So, I mean, the thing is, is like, it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, they're not in, they're not in the, in the uh, business of curing people. They're just in, in the business of dealing with symptoms and, mm -hmm. you know, and keeping the bankroll going. Like, uh, <laughs> so that's a multi-drug therapy or treatment that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, he, uh, a doctor that I trust, Dr. Peter McCullough, the most, we've talked about him before, the most published cardiologist in the history of the world, who's very close to this current pandemic. Mm -hmm. He recommended an early, like not a permanent one, but an early multi-drug therapy. And he appeared before Congress or the Senate, sorry, twice. The first time he did, he said 50% of the COVID patients could have been saved with a multi-drug treatment, right? Oh, Whether absolutely. it's hydroxychloroquine, whatever it was. Yeah, ivermectin, he said, has to be used right at the onset. Otherwise, its effectiveness drops right off. And then the second time he appeared before the Senate, he said 80, he was so convinced then, he said 85% of deaths from COVID could have been prevented with these early treatments. So this is very similar to this. All these early treatments he's talking about are suppressed. Oh yeah, of course. Because, right. because, well, and that's why, that's why ivermectin was, has been and still is suppressed because if there's an alternative to an emergency use uh, authorization drug, then the, the, the emergency use is no longer an emergency and they, you know, and then they can't do it. They can't, they can't like let it uh, be prescribed to you know the masses kind of thing right because it's not mm -hmm. an emergency because there's another there's another treatment right yes so that's what so you, you keep it you keep it hidden so that um so that emergency use isn't actually an emergency if you look at it though like it must have been so easy in the <clears throat> 80s to get away with this right without the internet mm. oh yeah absolutely it's like now you've got keyboard warriors like me and you yeah. who yeah. look into everything yeah. but you know back then you just take it as fact yeah. And it's why if you have a conversation, usually not every time, but with an older person, like someone in like their 60s, me. 70s, well, close, <laughs> close to you, you know, but like 
they would never question a vaccine because you know that was because that's that was it then well yeah it's, that's part of the that's a part of the um the the matrix we live in oh yes the matrix of lies yeah the web of lies that we've been told to about <laughs> everything since the dawn of time like have a conversation <clears throat> with your grandparents about the covid vaccine man there's my grandma is 106 really and she said she said well what my mom asked her about about covid and she said well you know if it was really that bad you know we just just let nature take its course the strong survived the weak didn't yeah and uh you know and and she had never she's never gotten a jab in her life and her her father um even when she was young Mm -hmm. they wanted to jab her with some something i'm not sure what it was but um he said no you're not you're not putting that in my in my child and so she never gotten a uh immunization or a shot or nothing no way the only time she did was like i think maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago something like that she got they somebody at like the um, old folks home where she was living convinced her to get a flu shot jeez and she was so sick like the sickest she's ever been yeah. in her life <clears throat> and she swore she swore she would never do that again mm-hmm. and i mean like she's 106 yeah so what does that tell you mm-hmm. yeah right. um back to good old azt here um the study that the fda based the approval on was the single study uh was that's been declared invalid it was in, originally intended to be a double blind placebo controlled study now what that means And this is the only kind of study that can effectively prove whether or not a drug works. So in that, in such a study, neither the patient nor the doctor is supposed to know if the patient is getting the drug or a placebo. That's where the double blind comes Mm -hmm. in. Now, in the case of AZT, the study became unblinded on all sides just after a few weeks. Uh, Both sides contributed to the unblinding and it became obvious to doctors who's getting what because AZT causes such severe side effects that AIDS per se does not. So this is the knock on AZT and this is the knock on Dr. Fauci is that he pushed it to be prescribed in not just a last case terminally ill patient you know, scenario, but for early onset, he pushed it for everything. And the knock on AZT was that it is the cure is worse than the disease. So we can look a little, and we will, we'll look a little more into this. I was going to say, this sounds so very similar. But you know, also like, don't you, don't you find it interesting how, um, how they have to do a double blind uh, testing or whatever with a placebo because of the psychosomatic mm. abilities of people to or to Manifest heal some sort to of heal themselves right and heal themselves but also to make them sicker or yeah or whatever right yeah, so absolutely. i mean i mean i think it i think it goes to show you that the the human body is way more powerful than it's an amazing thing than than they would ever or the pharmaceutical companies would ever want anybody to know about right there's two examples of that that really stick out in my mind one we studied in university in a psychology class and it was a about a guy who was put under hypnosis and the psychologist that had hypnotized him convinced that the penny he was going to put on his hand the back of his hand was red hot when in fact it was not uh-huh I so heard about he, that. yeah you've heard this once yeah, so he yeah. put this penny on the back of the guy's hand he screamed in pain and when the penny was removed, you could see the indent of the burn, even though the what? penny was not yeah, hot. Yeah, you could absolutely. see the year and everything. What? Yes. The other example is that guy that climbs mountains in shorts. It's my dad. That's always outside in shorts. I'm talking like K2 and stuff oh, like that, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't he doesn't freeze. He doesn't he's he's like a Shaolin monk. He's he's trained his mind. It's, it's like it's like he's he's like a Wim Hof. Yes. Similar. Like the guy goes jogging when it's minus 35 and he's got, he's out there in his skivvies and nothing else and bare feet and he goes jogging. And, and, he, and, and, you know, 
the cold doesn't even phase him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, like the it's the mind over matter principle that that is, you know, so powerful that uh, you know if everybody was able, or if everybody actually not not was because I think everybody truly is able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it's more of um, if everybody trained themselves. Yes. To yeah. do that, I mean, this whole fraudulent pharmaceutical company would just be gone yeah so back to the this study uh this azt study so the the biggest problem with the original study is that it was never completed <laughs> of course all right and the reason it wasn't completed is supposed to be a it, it was 17 weeks into the study when more patients had died in the placebo group the study was stopped five months prematurely for ethical reasons and, you know, it was considered unethical to keep giving people placebo when the drug might keep them alive longer uh, because the study was stopped short. And all, all the subjects then were put on AZT. So no scientific study can be conducted to prove unequivocally, it, it never was, whether AZT does prolong life. They stopped it. They stopped it early. Um, but so, they continued to give people the medicine. Yes. They, with the short. All the people that were getting the placebo were now getting the medication. Oh, my gosh. And that's that's what the study turned into. Let's just give it to everyone. You know what this sounds like to me? Mm, what? Well, how since the year 2000, they've tried to create a vaccine for coronavirus 11 times. And in every one of those tests, um, the animal test subject died. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about the ferrets. That's right. Yeah. Now, fast forward to the year 2020 and the year 2021. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember what year it is. 2021. And they just skipped the animal. Not for much longer. <laughs> Thank <laughs> the Lord. Yeah. Uh, they just like skipped the animal study. Is this our Christmas show? <laughs> <laughs> Pleasant. Yeah. Uh, so back to our good buddy, Dr. Brooke there, who's the guy to vote now on the original panel. Uh, he pointed out that since the drug is a form of chemotherapy, it should only be prescribed by doctors who have experience with chemotherapeutic drugs, like oncologists, for example, mm -hmm. because of how severely toxic the effects of AZT were on everything from cell depletion, to cell depletion of bone marrow. Uh, <laughs> patients, again, would need frequent blood transfusions. And uh, AZT was rampantly prescribed as soon as it was released. And that's where Dr. Fauci, known as the AIDS czar, gets his, I don't know how you want to say it, gets his infamy from, I suppose. Uh, and another thing. Infamy, yeah. When, when we yeah. When we think of the FDA, th their function is to weigh the drug's efficacy against the potential hazards. So they didn't have time to do that before the approval. They didn't complete the study. They yeah, well, approved you know it what? before the didn't, study even started. Who was it? Who was it that was saying that it was it was completely ridiculous to to bring out a a drug during a pandemic during a pandemic who's that who said that was oh that, um, <clears throat> said it's that, insane uh, to vaccinate your way out of a pandemic yeah like might have been peter mccullough was that that's the guy from the uva right or was it mike eden no. yeah mike eden was the ex-vice president you know of Pfizer, I also have chief to, scientist i also have to like just on a side note <laughs> side note that um Dave reminds me of the dude, the wildling guy of <laughs> Game of Thrones. Just saying that. Oh, the wildling. The wildling guy, because of my beard. The red bearded wildling guy. Uh, I'll take that. <laughs> that they guy's said wildwing. That guy's cool. <laughs> Wildwings? No. Yeah, I thought that was like a spokes guy or something. Yeah, yeah wildlings, wouldn't you? Yeah, they're wildlings. Wildlings. Yeah. yeah, the guys that live in the in the, the north. In yeah, the yeah. north. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, on the wall. My kid's gonna make me shave this thing off, though. Oh, it looks good. <clears throat> yeah, sure. But you I want mean, to look like the Wildling guy. You look like Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> I know. I got a big gold patterns beard, right? Yeah. Gonna go disappear yeah. in a in a bush. And That's right. Start... And you can soak up your like soup, and then have it later. Yeah, the old oh. the old dick duster. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
so we're going to get into more of oh, this story. Uh, yes. yes, we will. Some reoccurring characters, Dr. Carrie Mullis, inventor of the PCR test. Okay, Dr. Luke Montier. Montier. Brilliant guy. He's also a, a Nobel Prize winning virologist. Uh, and, uh, and Fauci's done nothing. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Give her. <laughs> Give her. Give her. All right. Is so, we had our... oh, we didn't laugh. Oh, that's okay. Keep trying again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 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 So during the break, Becky played us a Chappelle set. From like 2003, probably. Yeah. And it was about the origin of HIV, the HIV virus, and how people used to say it came from people having sex with a a monkey. (laughs) And Dave Chappelle makes some great points. Like, do you know how hard it would be to not only catch a monkey but then to have sex with it <laughs> yeah, and how it that, would just monkeys are seriously break strong. your wiener right off yeah seriously strong they like rip you to shreds oh yes. yeah like if you, hey did you see that that picture of the monkey that was hairless because it had like uh alopecia, alopecia. yeah it's terrifying it's oh my muscle. gosh yeah it was like chimp, it's I just think. oh it's yeah. insane i'm pretty wow. sure it's a chimp now you know why i can swing from the trees Totally. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But no, it's actually there. What what we're talking <laughs> about is how very similar to the current pandemic, uh, the origin of AIDS was. It was a zoological explanation. Now, I think now we know that that's not the case. Somebody didn't eat a bat in a wet market. <laughs> Somebody yeah. didn't have sex with a monkey to, you know, create. Right. A zoological origin for the HIV virus. That wasn't uh, that wasn't a uh, virus that was man-made, was it? Or has that been determined? No, I don't think it was. That's asked Snopes. <clears throat> mm, no. Okay. Snopes. So, uh, early AIDS research grants were given for studying the theory, theoretical pathogenesis of what Dr. Luc Montagnier, uh, our good friend, the Nobel Prize winning virologist, and he came out a little while ago, months ago, and said uh, the vaccines are what's causing the variants. Luc Montagnier was. Yes, and he intended to prove it. Now, as I said, he won a Nobel Prize. Now, this is one of the reoccurring characters in this podcast, along with Dr. Kerry <clears throat> Mullis. So we're definitely going to talk about them because he's very important, Dr. Luke mm-hmm. Montier, as well as Carrie Moss, in this mm-hmm. whole AIDS story. This is a sad story. A lot, a lot of people have been afflicted with this disease. Millions of people have died over the past three, four decades. It's, it's a horrible story. It's a real sad story. But where uh, Dr. Luke Montier comes in, him and a guy named Dr. Robert Gallo, claimed to have discovered or identified after a failed decade of research trying to relate retroviruses to cancer. Montier labeled his the lymphodenopathy-associated virus, or LAV, and Gallo dubbed his the human T-cell lymphotropic virus 3, or HTLV-3. So to settle the dispute, so basically they both discovered an autoimmune, you know, disease that was what they figured was initiated by a virus that led to AIDS, which at the time they had named two different things. In uh, Montier's case, he called it LAV. In Gallo's case, he called it HTLV-3. Okay, so to settle this dispute about who discovered what, the U.S. and French governments in 1987 got together uh, and agreed that Gallo and Montier co-discovered the same thing. So not only did this Montier guy um, win a Nobel Prize in virology for something unrelated to AIDS, he also discovered it, right? So this guy is a <clears throat> famous doctor. This guy's come out, like we said, and, and declared that uh, vaccines are causing variants, although viruses will, you know, they'll mutate on their own. He hasn't proven that quite yet, but he intends to do it. So the two governments, French and American governments, got together 
And they renamed what these guys had both called LAV or HTLV in the case of uh, Gallo. They decided that they both discovered it and it was one and the same thing. And we're going to call it human immunodeficiency virus or HIV. And it was basically a medical science finding by government proclamation. This is where, this is the origin of HIV. Uh, so once uh, then, then the president, Ronald Reagan, uh, started handing out billions of dollars, like just for starters, for AIDS research, the AIDS gravy train was going. It was a gravy train with biscuit wheels, man. People were switching mm -hmm. from cancer research into AIDS research. Yeah, well, I mean, there's been hundreds of billions of dollars doled out to, to uh, AIDS research and various other things. It would be trillions by now. Yeah. I'm just guessing, but this is in the 80s. It was billions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> once that gravy train got going, all those people jumped over from cancer research into AIDS research. Uh, and the best known is Bob Gallo, the guy who uh, discovered, along with Pontier, HIV. So now, Kerry Mullis, the inventor of the PCR test, who died in 2019 before its use to push this current pandemic, one thing he said about Gallo and the discovery of HIV was, HIV didn't suddenly pop out of the rainforest or Haiti. It just popped into Bob Gallo's hands at a time when he needed a new career. <laughs> oh, that's convenient. So Gary Mullis is not a Gallo fan. Yeah, he's obviously saying it's it's not. It doesn't come from. It's, there's no zoological, you know, origin to it, and it could be a number of of different environmental hazards, whether it's the toxicology, stress, all these things can supposedly lead to this. It's probably, and, and that's where Carrie Mullis and Dr. Anthony Fauci disagreed and fought for the longest time because um, uh, Mullis wasn't convinced that the origin of it was zoological, right? He just wasn't. And I don't think Montier or Gallo thought that either. Right. And Especially if you go according to, you know, Dave Chappelle's comedy bit, you realize that that is completely ridiculous. It is ridiculous, <laughs> and I remember being a kid when when AIDS I'm thinking, what? came out in the eighties, and that was I remember the explanation that, that it, it came from it came came from, from monkeys. Yes, I remember hearing that. Just like COVID came from someone eating a bat in the wet market. Yeah, which now which we know we was, know is a complete bunch of bullshit. Yes, it was manufactured and <clears> probably. Whether accidentally or on purpose. It's just basically a regular common cold coronavirus that they screwed with in a lab, released, realized, uh, you know, well, they basically released it accidentally on purpose to cause a pandemic. Um, it, uh, because it is so, um, oh, like so easily transmissible because of its aerosol transmission that uh you know it's it 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 spread throughout the whole world really quickly unfortunately when you have a virus that does that the lethality of a virus like that is very low hmm. so why that's why they had to you know pump pump up the numbers so to speak yeah we're, we're seeing bob has of... cancer but he had corona so he died of covid hmm. yeah yeah you guys want to know what the, uh, I think it's at least back then, what the clinical definition of AIDS was? Mm -hmm. Sure. So theoretically, AIDS was like determining if someone was AIDS positive. It was based on uh, a CD4 <clears throat> T cell counts under 200, but with no illness. That was technically the definition of AIDS, and it was arbitrarily... Uh, created by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. So the CDC is another reoccurring organization. Another reoccurring partner. CD, CD4 T-cells and CD8 T-cells are the ones that are, uh, that are, that become like, um, oh, what's the word? Like extremely low after your first and second doses of mm -hmm of the jab 
Is that right? So CD4, I, CD8 cells, yeah. So T cells, like they, they like it's almost like a to an epidemic level because your body cannot um, fight off any kind of you know virus or that's any kind of illness. Right? I wonder if people, if that is indeed true, I wonder if you could use this technicality definition to test some of these double, triple, quad backs. Well, people. see, like that's, but that, that technically having AIDS. Yeah. Well, by that. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Sense. That's, but that, I think that was what they were talking about is that the, when that, when that happens, it creates an AIDS like uh, condition in the people who have gotten the, the jab. Yeah. Right, an autoimmune deficiency. Exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, more connections. Yes, more connections. Weird. So, so this definition uh, created by the CDC was made effective January first, nineteen ninety-three, and the definition was designed only for, in quotations, case surveillance, or a shortcut for counting potential cases of actual illness. And, but not clinical evidence of AIDS for treatment purposes, all right? And similar to how this, you know, the WHO and the CDC and, you know, all the various medical bodies are now <clears throat> using Mullis's PCR test, which he said should never be used to diagnose an illness because they yeah, can because literally find anything in anything, anyone. Anything in anything. Yes. But he, not just anyone, but anything. Anything. A bottle of Coke can test yeah. positive for COVID. Or a papaya or whatever. Mm -hmm, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's an interesting connection there, too. All of this is, it's all kind of a story weaved all around the same. It's almost like, you know, they tried to roll this out in the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't. The whole, the whole. Uh... It backfired a little bit. And they're like, hey, let's try it again. Agenda mm. 2030. Yes. Try it again right, in right. 2020. Yeah. So this definition and this way of case counting very quickly led to uh, non-ill HIV positives, like mm -hmm. people that aren't sick. Magic so Johnson. the um, don't have symptoms get tested anyway. That. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Asymptomatic. That. Uh, Asymptomatic carrier. But this yeah, okay. led to. <clears throat> This, this is a, a horrible medical travesty, what happened here. It led to non-ill HIV people uh, who were, you know, they weren't showing any symptoms. They, they just had a normal life. It just somehow they tested positive by this definition. And Was that it, strictly through through PCR testing? Or no, was it was, no, it had nothing oh, to do with was, PCR. Oh, okay. It had to do with just the T cell count. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this led to people who aren't sick taking the chemotherapy with highly toxic adverse effects so in comes the drug companies here's a sale we can make a sale we can we can partner up with the cdc and the who they can be our lobbyists yeah. they, they can they can change the, the 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 medical definition of a sick person to be a person who isn't sick and then we can sell them a bunch of drugs. We can jack our numbers. Yeah, we can inflate the market. The most expensive drug wow. in the history of the world. Wow! And, and you then, give, yeah, but you give that, and you give that, you give a drug like that that is absolutely toxic to to human cells. You know, they have no CD8s or CD4 cells or whatever T cells, and you give them a toxic cocktail of this crap. Like, no doubt people are just going to, you know, keel over. Die, yeah. <clears throat> Did you see the um, the uh, drug label for AZT? Mm -mm. It says, it's a, like on the warning label, it's got a skull and crossbones, and it mm -hmm. says, toxic by inhalation, in contact with skin, and if swallowed, Target or organs are blood, bone, blood, bone marrow. If you feel unwell, seek medical advice. So you can't wear suitable protective clothing. You can't clothing. breathe it in. You can't let it touch your skin. Yeah, we're gonna give it to you. We're gonna inject you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's wow. interesting that uh, a lot of the same people 
whether it's mm-hmm. Fauci or whoever it is, they're all kind of tied together in the same mm-hmm. decades-long narrative of... And we've talked about this before, folks. Treat people uh, that aren't sick. Carrie Mullis hated Dr. Fauci. He they did. Oh, yeah. were enemies. And he said he, he was a clown. He had no business being yeah. in his position, which and, is true. And he's... Uh, Carrie <clears throat> Mullis had accused him many times of um, exasperating this AIDS pandemic and, and killing thousands and thousands of people. Right. And I don't think Harry Mills was too far off on that one. So, you know, naturally, he would have hated him through this too, but conveniently he died right before it. Yeah. So there's a yeah. guy uh, named Dr. David Ho, and he had a. He Dr. Had a Ho? Yeah, Dr. Ho. He had a, a moniker that was hit hard and hit early with anti retrovirals, which like AZT, right? So yeah. they were taking people who weren't sick <clears throat> and they were giving them a chemotherapy drug. It failed as like a cancer. pre, yeah. like a proactive, like stuff that you wear a hazmat suit to transport around. Stuff that oh you lose gosh. your hair taking. Stuff that this well, stuff you that need, you die you if need, you inhale it. You need blood transfusions because it attacks your bone marrow. Yeah, so yeah, they, exactly. they were taking people who weren't <clears throat> sick. They weren't presenting any disease. They were just HIV positive. Yeah, but he said they were HIV positive due to their low CD4 counts. That was the the technical. But yeah. so you, that's yeah. So that doesn't mean shit. But do you think really? they also could have skewed the tests, like what they were looking for? And like today, we test PCR, jack up the rates of that, so then everyone seems to have COVID. Like, do you think they could have been testing the the T cells? Well, I then? mean, they, I, I didn't do enough they, research. They could do whatever they want to jig the numbers, right? Yeah. Sure. I didn't do enough research <clears throat> on the actual viral testing. Of yeah, it. yeah. Other than this definition of who an HIV person is by your C, your T cell count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. So do you think again, just my, a thought, and it's okay if you didn't research it. Do you think with thirty-ish years now, thirty-five years of um, taking the wrong medications or taking these aggressive medications, uh, the virus has mutated. So what could have been just um, a virus is now a death sentence. Mm, yeah, because of the drug treatment, you're mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the way that that's a lot of medicine right there. Mm-hmm. It, the number three killer of people, there's heart disease, there's cancer, and then there's death by uh malpractice wow doctors are telling people right whether it was people they were putting on uh ventilators earlier on in this pandemic Mm -hmm. right or 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 drug therapy in this case right death by treatment is the number three killer wow yeah in america um so Dr. David Ho's dangerous advice led to scores, thousands of non-ill positives to fall into the AIDS drug trap, the most expensive drug in the history of the world. Well, up until that point, yeah. Yeah, not to mention that you needed, again, blood transfusions because it didn't discern which cells it was attacking. It just attacked them all. That's that's a horrible, this is a horrible story, Mm -hmm. right? And they killed... There's different estimates, and earlier on we said, you know, 500,000 people, this AZT crisis had killed. In just America, or is that worldwide? I think that would be just in America, I believe. I'm not 100% positive on that, but mm-hmm. I assume it is. Either way, it's insane. So, <clears throat> the long-term toxic effects of ARVs, antiretrovirals, killed many gay men in the 80s and early 90s it did and there is tons of warnings about this but despite these fauci began to fund human subjects experiments giving the drugs immediately to those who tested positive so again hit them hard hit them soon right that whole moniker drugs right away drugs are the answer Mm -hmm. maybe they're not just based on a CD4 T cell count? Give me a break. Um, And the sad thing about all this is he's like a modern day Mengele. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think he cares. Well, we said that maybe last episode or the one before that. Yeah. He is. Whether it's... No, he is. He totally is. He's a profiteer. 
profiteering guy who all he gives a shit about is is making pad, money, but also padding his pocketbooks and using people as experiments. And, well, and 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 you know, hooking the drug companies up with clients. Yeah, yeah. Like right? I mean, he's, he's just a and also growing <clears throat> aborted baby scalps on mice. Yeah, some of the experiments. He's yeah, been... but who doesn't do that? Well, I don't know that either. <laughs> so some of the experiments he's been um, oh, what is that accused of, you know, funding as leader of the NIH or the NIAID. There's there's the the Beagle one where they they took beagles and oh they, they put their heads in a box <clears> and then <throat> they filled the boxes full of sandflies so the sandflies could eat the beagles' heads alive. Yeah, why? Yeah, like just just like there there is really zero purpose for the shit like that. There is, yeah. You know, I, I mean, you, you're just a you're just a freak, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I yeah. Oh man, just oh, beagles are so cute. <laughs> they are, yeah. <laughs> they totally are. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, to any like to do that to any animal, like like people who hurt animals like that. Oh my gosh, I just want to like. I know. Well, there's the psychopathy involved. But isn't that. it so ironic again that? Dr. Fauci's wife is Christine Brady. Well, yeah, she might be. Yeah, she's definitely more masculine than he is. She's, <laughs> she's like probably. To look after she her. probably. Uh, she's probably double his weight. She's a nurse, doctor, and head of ethics. She's yeah, yeah she's head of ethics, a PhD, <laughs> and a master's of uh, nursing. Yeah, and she's the senior investigator for the Department of Bioethics at the NIH Clinical Center. Yes. So, like, where is the bioethics when you're? Showing there's no bioethics. There's a mice. power couple. What do you think? Yeah, there's a power couple. Talk around the dinner tables like there. So, uh, how many animals did you torture today? Yeah. Well, it says that she's also written, uh, written, written, written books um, and journals on uh, bioethics and HIV. Yeah, I she's an expert that. on HIV, and so is her husband. Okay, so AZT is a DNA chain terminator. So picture the Terminator, mm -hmm. and picture your DNA chain, and mm -hmm. picture AZT as that Terminator. It destroys it. Uh, it's a poison. So yes, it's designed to randomly destroy the DNA synthesis of reproducing cells. So you're not not only are you gonna it's gonna kill your your your, your bone marrow to the mm -hmm. point where you need a transfusion. Your other cells aren't going to be able to replicate. Uh, it was initially developed to treat leukemia victims, but after testing, the FDA determined that it was too toxic for use in human beings and banned it. Oh, my gosh. So why did they bring it back? Yeah, so basically it just destroys the cell's ability to replicate. Yes, it destroys wow. the DNA. Sounds perfectly normal. Yes, okay. So Wait, don't, blood, what do, what, don't blood cells replicate? That's yes. how you create blood constantly? Mm -hmm. You're bone now. Yeah. Yeah. Your bone marrow creates red blood cells. Yeah, just kill it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what you need the transfusion for. Yeah. So, okay, oh, so yeah. get it's this. So, it's leukemia. so ridiculous. Leukemia, which is a cancer of, of the, the bone blood. marrow. Yeah, yeah. Primarily. Yeah. That's what they used AZT for to start with? Something that destroys that? Yeah. And it kind of makes like sense just, in theory, like... but not really. Well, yeah. <clears throat> not really, man. It, it doesn't make sense at all. So it's a DNA chain terminator. That's that's scary. So why did they bring it back? So when the AIDS scare hit, it was similar to the one we're going through now, right? Everyone was freak, freaking out. Oh, well, yeah, not everyone was freaking out. The media was making. No, oh. the media was portraying. I feel like I'd be a lot more scared during the AIDS pandemic than I would have now. One, no, I, no, well, the yeah, internet but... didn't exist to search up anything. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is that it was. It was, yeah, it was, it was just, it was media. And I mean, we all know that the mainstream media is just a joke. But again, in the 80s, media was the be all. Truth. Mm -hmm. no, was, yeah, but it wasn't. But no, it, it was, wasn't. It was portrayed that way. But that's what. I mean, they still try to do That's what people, like, like now, it's like, yeah, okay, like CNN, good one. Like, yeah. But in the 80s, the, the news media was fact. Hmm. So why question it back then? If people right. were dying from this new disease, yeah, and I think I think true. yeah, and I th well, I think that's you know that's that's been going on since you know the days of you know 
back in the day when all the all the big uh, uh, news corporations were trusted and actually did report some truth during Operation Mockingbird, where they had CIA agents inside all the media. Anyway, <laughs> AZT is a highly that was the sixties though. Yeah, it was every day. No, they stopped doing that. Yeah, okay, that's what George Senior officially announced, <laughs> right? Which never actually happened. So yeah. AZT is a highly mutagenic uh, compound, meaning that it destroys the genes and cells, and it has been shown to cause cancer in rodents. Oh my gosh! And like we said, it targets the bone marrow where the B lymphocyte blood cells are being made. These are the very cells an AIDS patient needs most for immunity. No. AZT randomly destroys bone marrow, kidneys, liver, intestines, muscle tissue, the brain, and central nervous system, resulting in a wasting appearance not unlike presenting symptoms of AIDS. Wasn't that that the premise of that movie that... That scumbag Matthew McConaughey was in. Oh yeah, um, Dallas Buyers Club is that's, about Dr. Fauci. That's what it was about. About not being able to afford or not being able to get their hands on the drugs. Mm. Yeah, but it was yeah. propagandized as if they needed the drug, but it was so expensive that they they had to buy it underground or something. I can't yeah, remember. something like that. I'd have to watch. But it, it but but it, yeah, but even the movie itself portrayed it as if that it was the life-saving drug well of course no hollywood movie is going to say right but i mean they yeah but like in the end i mean he's taking the drug and you can see the fact this guy looks like a human skeleton walking around yeah and it's in fact the azt that's basically turning their body into a living corpse listen to this listen to this this is okay there's a guy named dr peter duesberg He's a German-American. Duisburg? Yeah. He's a German-American molecular biologist and a professor of molecular and cell biology. Now, he claimed AZT actually causes AIDS, which it would if it's destroying your bone marrow that creates your B blood cells that you need for immunity. So this is what he actually said in quotations. AZT is directly causing AIDS, not a virus. He's He's talking about the autoimmune deficiency. Uh aids defining disease you know aids is a lot of things but it doesn't cause capacies sarcoma or anything i don't know what that is but this is what this guy was saying <clears throat> but it does cause immunodeficiency it was designed to do that it was designed to kill human cells in fact the manufacturer says that this specifically that it can cause aids like disease the manufacturer says it is often difficult to distinguish adverse events possibly associated with azt administration which azt from underlying signs of hiv disease in other words even they acknowledge not just this but that azt causes aids or is defining diseases they're trying to kill us all and the drug companies are in on it and it's a global effort to exterminate humans this sounds exactly like Hey, we have this new <clears throat> variant. It has nothing to oh, do it's with just, the vaccine. It's like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like history. It's repeating. totally something new. It's history repeating itself. And, they're, and the, what they're doing is, is causing the same reaction in, in, in people's bodies, except now it's, it's, it's on a, like a global massive scale. Yes. Right. It's like, it's getting rid of, it's getting rid of your, your body's ability to fight off any kind of disease. Yes. Yeah. Killing your CD4 cells. Anyway, this guy wrote a book. Oh, it's called so Poison cool. by Prescription, the AZT story. Uh, I highly recommend you all read it. And I, the reason why I wanted to do this show was because of how similar these stories are. Really? And all the same, many of the same characters are involved. Before we end, let Good me just end, read man. something quick here. From remember we talked about Luc Montagnier. 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 He was the guy that uh, in France that discovered HIV. But it says that he's spoken out just three weeks ago um, to warn about dangerous side effects of the mRNA vaccines, and he basically said three phases. First phase, common immediate side effects like headaches, pain, fatigue, doesn't last long. And then a few months later, 
numerous <clears throat> cardiovascular problems such as myocarditis in young people, which we're seeing tons of, and I have a story to tell mm-hmm. you right after this. Um, now we're seeing uh, cases of Crohn's disease, such as Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which is a fatal degenerative brain this disorder. This is like mad cow disease. Like you said, in France yeah. alone, they had seven cases of Creutzfeldt-Jakob, which is incredibly rare. But the the one thing that links them all together is that all seven of these cases in France have all been diagnosed like right after their second Pfizer dose. Well, with that, I think it's time to end tonight, guys. They're trying to kill us all. Good night. Bye. Bye.